if you have your Bibles uh, this morning, we'll be in the book of uh, Galatians. Uh, the book of Galatians uh, this morning. Galatians chapter 1, uh, verses 1 through 5. And I know that this is Mother's Day, and uh, I sometimes try to cater to a Mother's Day message. And I even joked around on the text message that I was going to pick out a nice uh, uh, beat up some women message, but uh, <laughs> uh, but I'm probably not going to do that today. Uh, probably not going to focus on Mother's Day. Uh, but uh, happy Mother's Day uh, to the mothers here this morning. If you, when you get to Galatians chapter one, uh, verse one through five, if you would please stand uh, to pay reverence to the reading of the Word of God. Uh, Galatians uh, chapter one, verses one through five. The Word of God says this: Paul, an apostle, not of men neither by man but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brethren which are with me unto the churches of Galatia, grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from the present evil world, according to the will of God and our Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for giving this scripture to us this morning, this week. Lord, we thank you for the studies. And I pray, Lord, that we'll continue to follow you, that we'll continue to listen to what you send us, Lord. We thank you for the many blessings you've put in our lives. We thank you for this Mother's Day and all the different mothers, Lord, and out this world. We, we thank you for what they mean to so many people. Continue to watch over us, lead God and direct us, Lord. I, I know and I pray, uh, Lord, that you continue to bless uh, each and every one of us. So watch over us as we have different travels today. And Lord, just continue to use this scripture for the upbuilding of your kingdom. In Jesus' name I ask, amen. You can be seated. Now, in the Galatians, uh, the church of Galatia, you have to understand just a little bit that when Paul is writing the letter to the church at Galatia, Paul has already been there. Uh, Paul has already instituted a church. And Paul has maybe got a letter or he has heard some things going on within the church of Galatia. Now, uh, for the most part, uh, every letter to the church, the church that Paul writes to the churches is in response to churches that's already been set up. Uh, he's already went, he's planted a church, he's put in leaders, and he has went on his travels and set up other churches. Now, Paul, uh, by far, is one of the most pivotal characters in, in biblical, the New Testament history here, because he set up so many churches. Uh, instituted them how to run their church, taught them uh, what to teach, what lessons. He pretty much laid it out for them to help them. And now, just as most of us know that when you uh, set up so many things and you walk away from them very long, I don't, I don't know if many of you, if all of you got kids, I think a lot of us do, but if you tell your kids to do something, I don't, I don't know if you know it or not, but if you walk out the room for a little bit, uh, a lot of times them kids ain't going to keep doing what you said. And once them kids get out of you in distance, uh, they're going to do something you said not to do. And uh, that's what a lot of the churches did. And that's why Paul had to write letters. Uh, uh, that's why we as a church, we need instruction from God each and every week. Pr pretty much each and every day is what we really need. But we need prayer. We need that communication with God because we do not know what we're doing. Uh, the church at Galatia got a little bit off track. And Paul is starting to write this letter. And I don't know how long we'll be on the book of Galatia here. But we may go on a, a few chapters into, into the book of Galatians. But when we first read this, you have to understand that there were false teachers who attacked Paul. Paul was being questioned. Now, this is I said in Sunday school lesson. Paul was questioned on who he was, where he came from, and who he was called by. Because a lot of us know the story of Paul. Paul was going down the road and was struck blind. 
Uh, God struck him blind and God took him into a place, gave him his sight back, and, and God showed who he was to, to Paul on a personal level, uh, separate from anybody else. So nobody saw that happen but Paul, and Paul knew that it happened. And the only way that he could uh, really understand the truthfulness uh, was to deny the authority of the messenger. All the false teachers, the only thing they could really do was deny what Paul said. How easy is that to do? How easy is that to say, well, that ain't truth? <laughs> if somebody tells you something, well, that ain't truth, if you don't have Scripture to back it up, most of us need to keep our mouth shut <laughs> if we have an opinion on something, if we have a, an idea. And these people didn't have uh, pretty much anything to stand on. The Galatian church had received the gospel from Paul. They had believed it, and they had lived it. But the false teachers had came in after he was gone, after this guy had left, and said, that guy wasn't right. That wasn't right what Paul was teaching. And not only did they attack the message, they attacked the messenger, tearing him down, saying about how sorry good for nothing he was, and they had convinced uh, some of them that Paul was self-appointed. Paul had pretty much appointed himself as an apostle. If you read a lot of Paul's letters, he starts it off with Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, <laughs> He calls himself that apostle. And at the outset of that letter, at the outside of that, Paul establishes his apostolic authority. Understand something. When Paul begins his letter, he lays out how he's an apostle. So the first thing we have to understand is he has three points that he gets right in these first five verses that we need to understand about Paul. Paul lays out who the messenger is. Paul lays out what the message is, and Paul lays out what the motive is, okay? He's, a, he's got the messenger, he's got the message, and he's got motive, okay? The first three things that we need to realize today that if you serve the church, we have the messenger, the message, and the motive. Uh, I'm Zach Stone, uh, called by Jesus Christ to preach His Word. Uh, I have the message, which is the Holy Word of God, uh, and I have the motive. Uh, I've been saved, and I want everybody else to be saved as well. And if we don't have that sort of idea in our hearts and our lives, uh, we're a little bit off track again. But Paul has to lay that out. Now, I don't care what you heard about me. Uh, lots of things were said about Paul. Lots of things were, were torn down about Paul. I don't know what you've ever heard about me, uh, but probably all of it's true. I like some of the stuff that might have been said about Paul. But guess what? I'm still following Jesus Christ. I'm still here being the messenger. And, and I still have a motive to preach His Word. Paul, the first thing that we have to realize about Paul is he lays out in verse 1 and 2 that he is a messenger. And he establishes his authority as an apostle within the very first two verses. On the very basis of the right to be called an apostle, on the basis of the manner in which he was chosen, on the basis of the matter of the relationship to his fellow people. That's the first two verses. It talks about who has called him, how he was called, and the people around him are ingredients to his calling. We have to understand that Paul, an apostle, an apostle uh, outlined in Vine's Expository Dictionary. I got this written down here. It says, apostle comes from the Greek word apostolos. It simply means one sent forth. That's what we need to realize today about who Paul is. When we read his letters, God had sent him forth. Like I said, he's probably one of the most pivotal characters. Now, of course, there's Jesus Christ. Of course, there's other important biblical characters. But Paul 
went out as a messenger of God unto the Gentiles. He came from the Jews and he was sent to the Gentiles, which is very interesting to think about. He wasn't trained to to work with Gentiles. Paul was trained, more equipped to work with the Jews, but God used him for something else. The Homer's Dictionary takes the word apostles and it says persons sent to accomplish a mission, especially the twelve apostles. Jesus commissioned to follow him. An apostle represents the one sending and has authority to represent the sender in political and educational situations. Ministry gifts. Understand this this morning. Ministry gifts. The gifts that you have to minister to serve the Lord are a divine call. They are. I don't care how simplistic it is. You may never plant a church. You look at Paul and say, man, look at all these wonderful things that Paul did. He was struck blind on the road to Damascus. He, he did all these wonderful things. He was killing Christians, and he became people that lifts up Christians. And we look at that and say, well, there's no way to, to get that. All the gifts are divine called. Some are sent, others just went. The apostle Paul was sent. There are four classes of apostles. You'll find them in the Bible, and you'll find them, but you won't really find some of them today, but you'll find four of them in the Bible. The first class is Jesus. He's the first apostle. He's the main apostle. The second class is going to be the apostles of the Lamb, which was the 12 apostles that was following him during that time. The third class is the foundational apostles that set up the church, which are going to be Paul, which is going to be Barnabas, which is going to be James, the brother of, uh, James, the brother of Jesus. And the fourth class is the non-foundational apostles. Missionaries. These people that preach, thus saith the word of God. Because he was not among the original twelve, nobody believed Paul. Excuse me, a lot of people didn't believe Paul. Paul, you wasn't there when he was crucified. Paul, you wasn't there by his side. We've seen the twelve men and you were not part of it. You have no authority to tell us what to do. How many people are you thinking? I'm not telling you you shouldn't question me sometimes, but how many think people think they should just question everything that's preached, everything that's taught, everything that's said from the church? How quickly does that deteriorate the church? How quickly does that deteriorate what goes on within our own lives? He wasn't among the original twelve. How can you make a legitimate claim that he was an obvious apostle by the work that he's done. Look at what I've done. Look at what I've done, what I've accomplished. The manner in which he was chosen was also questions. He wasn't sent by man. He outlines it at the end of verse 1. He was not sent by men nor through any part of man. He was sent by Jesus Christ. And God the Father who raised Jesus from the dead. What better authority do you have by saying that God, Jesus has called you and Jesus was also raised by God the Father? That's who I'm serving as well. I'm following both of them. False teachers accused Paul of being self-appointed. And I, you know, in my young ministry, I used to question preachers. I did. I used to question certain things. I don't know if they're... We've probably heard that mama called and daddy pushed. People that enter ministry because mama and daddy did it. You better believe when I entered ministry, I wanted to make sure that nobody really thought that. Because my daddy's a preacher. <laughs> my mama's a preacher's wife. Did you think I wanted everybody to think that I was called into ministry by my daddy and mama made sure to push me along or mama called me and daddy pushed me? We don't need to have that. The Apostle Paul outlines that I wasn't done that way. I wasn't authorized by man. He didn't have a 
ordination certificate from a certain denomination on a wall. He didn't have some sort of a, a, a ministry degree. He probably had some sort of a education because he did, but he didn't have these certain things. He wasn't sent by man. He wasn't appointed by man. And no human means any sort involved in his calling. No humans. Isn't that good? You know, humans just mess everything up. <laughs> we are sinful people that make a lot of mistakes, but Paul didn't have anything, no human source. Paul's call to apostleship was directly from Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. That's what the Scripture tells us. He also had an association at the end of verse 2, and all the brethren who are with me to the churches of Galatia. In the third basis of Paul's authority, it is implied that he has a large gathering of companions. Now, it is in contrast to his own identification as, a, as an apostle, there were others who recognized his apostleship. Not only am I saying that I'm an apostle, what, what Paul is trying to say at the church of Galatians, not only do I say that I serve the true and living Father, I have a lot of other men that are around me that say that I follow the true and living Father. This is the same way that we have to have it today. It's easy to have certain things said about us, but when other people say them about us, it means more. When other people can reference and say, yes, he's a preacher. Yes, he, he does ministry work. Yes, he, he serves and does this. Yes, he does that. Yes, she loves the Lord. Yes, he loves the Lord. That takes care of it. And so the first two verses in the church, in the letter to the church at Galatia, focuses on who he is, who he's been sent by. The next part, the next two verses, which is verse 3 and verse 4, Grace be unto you and, and peace from God the Father, from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from the present evil war, world according to the will of God the Father. It's the message. He's told us who he is. Now this is what he's about to tell us about. He's about to tell us about the goodness of God. The only reason I'm called to you today, the only reason that I preach is to help us understand grace and goodness. Now, grace be to you and peace. Now, grace was an unusual, excuse me, a usual Greek uh, greeting. And peace was the Hebrew greeting. Using the two together, Paul gives us a complete blessing. In his greeting to the churches, grace is extended by God and peace is experienced by man. Y'all understand that? Grace is sent by God. Peace experienced by man. Grace is the source of salvation. Peace is the result of salvation. Peace is so good to have in each and every one of our lives. From Christ who gave Himself for us. Christ offered Himself to pay for our sins. He exchanged places with us. I believe that each and every one of us, if you want to be true to yourself this morning, we deserve to be on the cross. We're sinful people. He took all of our sins and gave us all His righteousness. We both are purchasers of the price of redemption. No one else was good enough to pay the price of sin. Nobody else. On the cross, Jesus died once, and He settled the sin from all, all the way to the end. That problem with sin, the sin problem, it's done. Jesus settled it on that cross. He said in, in verse chapter 19, verse 30, I believe of Matthew, he says, it is finished. That's what he's talking about. It's done. I have paid the debt. 
Sin is done and over with. At that point, our sins were taken care of. Uh, why? That He might be able to deliver us from this world. Jesus came to deliver us, rescue us, set us free from this present evil age, and Christ delivers us out of this evil age. He loves us. He died for us. We used to be under the authority and the power of the enemy, and now we are delivered. When He's on that cross, and we now today are walking in a time that we have been delivered. We are no longer in chains. We are no longer in bondage. We are not a slave to sin. We don't have to sin anymore. I'm not telling you you've got to live a perfect life, but I'm telling you, you have power over sin. You have power over temptation. You have power over lust. You have power over drugs. You have power over whatever is hindering your life. You've got power over it. You have power of Jesus Christ. There is no other more powerful power that you can have. We are rescued from the devil just as Paul was rescued from an angry mob in the book of Acts. We are loved. Paul was stoned and left for dead. Guess who kept him alive? I think it was Jesus. We should be loving Jesus, following him. We've got the messenger. We've got the message, and now we've got the motive. I can stand up here and give you my testimony about who I am, where I've come from, what I've done, who's called me, and all this wonderful stuff. But really, it focuses on the motive. It's a whole lot of, but Zach Stone don't matter a whole lot, and you won't hear me get up here and, I think, highlight myself very often. But you have a motive. It says in Acts excuse me, Galatians chapter 1, verse 5, to whom be the glory forevermore. Amen. Paul, I want you to realize what Paul in this salutation, this beginning of his letter to the, book of, uh, to the church of Galatia, is that I'm an apostle. Everybody around me is in agreement that I'm an apostle. I love the Lord, and the Lord has saved me. I have a message about love, that's better than anything you've ever heard before. I'm going to preach it to you, and I'm going to teach it to you because I love you. Why? To whom be the glory forevermore. Jesus is worthy to be praised today. There's only one reason. I hope that you don't come from the, for the messenger. I hope that you don't come particularly for the message. I hope today that we come to church for the motive. Your motives have to be right. Your, what you want, what you yearn for, what you're looking for, or not what you're listening for, not for who you're looking for, but what you're listening to to apply. Paul's motive for writing to the church of Galatia was that God might receive glory forever. That those people could be blessed forever. Not because of Paul, not because of what he spoke. He wanted to see people's lives changed forever because of God. If that's truly the reason that we gather for church today, we're blessed. We are. If we can truly harness that thought process that Paul's motive was that the church might have God show up, show out, and they can receive glory forever. What better thing can we get from God than glory? The motive behind that man. What is our motive today? What is my motive? I'd like to think that my motive is to try to expound on Christ, to tell of His goodness, to tell of His mercy, to tell of His love. And Paul, when he's beginning this letter to the church at Galatia, no doubt he was trying to focus on this love. But he first had to turn and make sure they knew who he was. 
when we're reading this and we're thinking about Paul, we're thinking about the purpose of Paul and his letters. His supreme purpose was to glorify the Lord. It was. There's no other reason that Paul wrote these letters to the churches than to glorify Jesus. There's no other reason that I hope that I get up behind a pulpit and sometimes I get sweaty, sometimes I get hoarse, sometimes I'm tired, uh, sometimes I'm weak, sometimes I stayed up too late the night before, sometimes I didn't study enough during the week, uh, sometimes I struggle, sometimes I just go great, uh, sometimes certain things go on, but none of those matter. What matters is the motive. The motive that I'm here is because I love Jesus. And I'll preach to one, I'll preach to two, I'll preach to a hundred. It doesn't matter. I love the Lord. And I believe if any preacher is really true to himself and he's really preaching for the Lord, his motives should be that. We love the Lord. If you're a Christian today, the reason that you come, the reason that you sing, the reason that you study, the reason that you prepare, the reason that you stay away from sin, the reason that you witness to people, the reason that you show love and love thy neighbor as thyself, the reason that you have God as your true and love and only Savior is your motive. That's that love. We love each other. That motive. We love the Lord forever. That's what we should have today. As Paul highlights this in the beginning of the church of Galatia, this letter here, we should really ask ourselves, what's our motive? What are we doing? Has God blessed us? Is God in our lives? Is God showing us exactly what we need to see, what we need to hear? Are we where we need to be at? Is God using us sufficiently? Are we serving the Lord like we should? I want you to know something. If you're listening to God, yeah. If you're doing what God tells you to do, yeah. If your only purpose today is to come to the church and glorify God, you got it right. It ain't to come for no program. <laughs> it ain't to come for a Sunday school lesson. It's not even to come for singing, and it's not even to come to listen to me. And I probably get up here every Sunday and butcher the message over and over and get off topic and chase rabbits and, and preach about this and tells too many opinions and, and talks about his wife and his sermon and all these things that you could have an opinion on. But the motive is Jesus. That's what motivates me. As we get a verse of some song ready, I guess I'll... I get a verse some song ready with you. If you just pick a number. <laughs> we have to really ask ourselves what our motive is. How much do we love the Lord?